0: You understand that? Yeah, you say that? Yes, sir. We're going to beat their ass in recruiting. We're going to beat their ass every time they see us. You understand that? Yes, sir. Roll that one. Fuck you. little intro so people know who the heck we are why the heck they should listen to us (laughs) i always say the purpose of the podcast is for ourselves to make money to make money now right uh and i say that from the beginning because we want to be authentic we're the most transparent podcast in the history of sports betting right So every podcast is a business meeting with a purpose and an outcome. Now we gave you one of the purpose. second purpose is to teach you business and financial concepts through sports betting. And then since my wife's been a psychotherapist for 17 years, since a mental health crisis in America, uh, mental health first aid kit. Now the outcome lasts two years in a row. Verified every pick on Twitter, all the picks on the podcast, 65%, 52.5% is break even, right? So you make money between those margins being doing that consistently. But more important, we're going to give you key terms. What's important is the ROI, return on investment. Both those years, over 500% ROI. What does that mean? That we you have 10 times more money than what you started with, right? I was say, It means you're making a ton of money, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> now you're gonna be making a ton of money Dylan. I hope so. <laughs> it is whoever it is in business, like I have an MBA, securities licenses, clients 20 million, 50 million, doesn't matter. I've been saying it for 20 years. If you are the toughest, smartest person in the room, you are in the wrong room. So I'm very happy that we have Dylan kelly junior at st john's university finance major who is a lot smarter than i am That's he's going to help man. me look through these picks uh he's got that fresh information i got the old stuff from years ago it's something <laughs> i learned Right, because you always keep learning but man he from a great northeastern school finance major fresh from uh, working on the uh, St. John's volleyball program. Thank you, That's Dylan.
1: Right. Straight from off. St. John's volleyball court. Yep, happy to be here. Got some picks ready for you, Josh, and I'm uh, excited to learn from you as well. All right, cool. Uh,
0: you, uh, We're going to discuss also the philosophy of betting, right, and in, yep. in, in the picks. We're going to talk through the picks a little bit. Now, this first podcast will be a sort of foundational. Sure. Uh, I should have it finished by... Uh, you know, the weekend or Monday, the top 10 rules of betting. Mm-hmm. It kind of gives you a guide, right? Because right. uh, give the man a fish, feed him for a day. Teach the man a fish, feed him for a lifetime. So first game we're going to look at is, game we went back and forth on Twitter, yep. is your South Carolina Gamecocks against the East Carolina Pirates, right? Correct. So, yeah. number one rule of betting, do not bet your own team. So sports betting in your decision process is a good way to kind of sharpen the way you think. Now, I, our team, the University of South Florida, where I graduated from, used to be in the Big East where Dillon is now with St. John's. Mm-hmm. Now they're in the AAC. So I tend to root for AAC teams. So I have to check my bias there. We're looking at East Carolina because it would be great for East Carolina to beat an SEC team. So I got to decide whether I'm really being pragmatic or am I overestimating my decision, right? Right. Uh,
1: Now we know, we know South Carolina is not a super strong SEC team per se, but ECU is coming off a loss to Appalachian state last week and uh, they gave up over 220 yards on the ground. And I tend to think that South Carolina would be a little bit stronger than app state on the ground. I think they'll win the game in the trenches sec lines. I think they'll, they'll way overpower ECU in this game, but I can definitely see where the line in this game flipped a lot. ECU opened as like a two point favorite closed as like, or not closed yet, but they're sitting at about a two point underdog now, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Right. They're two point underdog. uh... Yep. that would be in my favor, so I picked the money line early in the week. So I'm going to pick the plus two to kind of check myself, yeah. Give yourself a little cushion for sure, right? So maybe somebody's watching your Twitter for you to put in big uh, bets on, on what you're saying about South Carolina. Uh, <laughs> let's see, I'm going to pull up my Phil Steele. But the reason I picked, I'm going to continue with my pick of uh. East Carolina is that They're bringing back uh, a lot on their offensive line. They're bringing back uh, ten starters on offense, ten starters on defense. Now, I don't know if Dylan studied this, but in major finance media, there is a discussion, argument, right? Which which is better? Uh, fundamental analysis. Is fundamental analysis dead? Some folks are, are talking about technical analysis, right? Value investing. That's mm-hmm. what I got taught, value investing. And I like fundamental analysis a lot. Nobody's ever gotten rich doing technical analysis. People have gotten rich using fundamental analysis and uh, taking advantage of market inefficiencies. SEC lines tend to be inflated, right? Uh, Fair enough, yep. So in... Fundamental analysis, one of the five things you look at is uh corporate governance. So for us, it's gonna be the ad, the head coach, the head coach Mike Houston won uh, two national championships I'm reading here in the FCS. So he knows how to develop talent. Yes, There's no, two no types way. of teams, right? Blue chips and developmental teams technically both these teams are developmental but south carolina on a bigger level considering the um in the sec this is the first year for shane beamer nepotism right yep is he a a good coach as his dad kyle shanahan is right Mm -hmm. Brian belichick is (laughs) it right Yep, so correct. you got you to measure that. And this is his first head coaching job, right? right. Un- Dylan about the real world, it's not what you know is who you know. So because his dad was a coach, that's the reason he got his job. Mike Houston works through the ranks. And I'll tell you this story, and I'd like to know your thoughts. Uh, Dylan. Yeah. Uh, William Floyd won the Super Bowl with the 49ers, won a national championship with Bowton Bouton. He went to my high school. In 1993, or it was it 92 92, 93? I think it was 1992. He sneaks me into the Florida State Louisville game. Old coach Howard Nellenberg. He says, Listen, we're playing Florida State. And I'm going to ask you a question before we go out on the field. Florida State were given scholarships. You were Louisville. You had to work for your scholarship. If there's a fight with somebody who had to work for something, or somebody who was given something, who would win? <laughs> no, would be it no. always <laughs> crazy. Right? No still no, got no. be thirty-seven to seven. But <laughs> You're fired up before the game. No, it's so, a great story. I think though. Mike Houston. Yeah, Mike Houston yeah. worked for his right Division One job in the first year. New systems, right? Yeah. Also, Shane Beamer can't show all his cards because he has Georgia next week. So he's just going to have to hit basic football against East Carolina while East Carolina can't throw the kitchen sink at him because for them right. it's a recruiting game. They're probably going to have to
1: recruit on the sideline. But but a counterpoint there would also be South Carolina knows they have Georgia next week. you got to get the win right now. you got to win this week because right. right. next week, I mean, in Georgia's – we can talk about them in a little bit because I'm also on them this week. But Georgia's powerhouse. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. No, we we got a lot of
0: information on Georgia, so yeah. we're gonna have a difference sort of opinion on this. But this is good. Yep. That's how you know somebody's honest. So <laughs> l- let me know what. Why do you think uh, South Carolina? Uh, you got them on the money line. You got them covering. What are your What's your thought process?
1: So I'm taking them on the money line had I gotten them earlier in the week I would have taken them when they were like plus one and a half I wish I would have gotten it there when I went to put it in it went to minus one and a half so I figured no real point of um swallowing that uh, one and a half points if I lost on like a last minute field goal that would be that would just be terrible so I figured I'd take the money line protect myself a little bit and um yeah like I was saying before with I think they'll be able to beat him on the run, control the tempo. And I think this is a game that they have to win and will win ultimately.
0: Right. And, and talking to Chan Nolan, got on the podcast, his brother, he's the starting quarterback at uh, Oregon State. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh,
0: one of the reasons I like East Carolina is the extra COVID year. So guys who have developed themselves who would be competing with you for jobs, yep. get to play that extra year of college football. So I think that gives East Carolina a little bit of an edge in this Because it's always you always have to mitigate it, right? Yes. I can't play basketball against LeBron, no matter if LeBron was in high school and I've been playing basketball for 20 years afterwards, right? No matter how much I developed. So you kind of you kind of mitigate it, right? So mm-hmm. yes, in theory. Uh, South Carolina has more talent but I think Will Muschamp did not do a great job recruiting in South Carolina so we, I'm going to go East Carolina plus two he's going South Carolina uh, on on the money line and yep. we didn't bet it but probably the under is kind of good in, in a game like this
1: Mo- yeah most likely right I think that'll probably be the only game I think that we're differing on on sides I think uh, yeah, I think that's the only game that's different.
0: Yeah. Uh, I got Stanford plus 18 against uh, USC. And Stanford always covers USC because like the East Carolina game, it is a recruiting game. It's a game that every year during the summer a guy, I mean, Mike Houston at East Carolina paid, you know, $3 million a year. So you got a guy $3 million a year, good strategy of spending all summer on one team.
1: Mm-hmm. That's
0: what Stanford does with USC. So it's always a special. Regardless what year you think Stanford's going to have, they're always ready for USC. It's yep. about play. Uh, the Air Raid hasn't beat Rush 3, Drop 8. And we saw that a lot with the NFL. you are seeing that a lot everywhere. Uh, Mike Leach lost five years in a row with the Air Raid against Washington. That's all they did. Stanford yeah. has covered against USC doing this. Uh, it's plus 18 over a key number in the way Stanford plays, Stanford, they did it last week against Kansas State of all people. So, of course, they're going to do it against USC. They wait until one, two, three seconds left on the playoff to snap the ball. Then they run it. They're old school like Parcells. Three first uh, – three – Running plays at three point five each equals the first down. That's what they believe in. And That's they want the name of the game. drives. Yep. So, yeah. So even if they get blown out, plus eighteen uh, looks good. What is your uh, thought th- thoughts on that thought process, Dylan?
1: No, I really I really like that bet. Teams that can slow down the clock like that and control the tempo with run game. Anytime there's a big spread, even if it's like, even when it's a big power five school against a school like say. Um, I say any triple option school. Right. Sometimes the triple option school will even cover against like the Bama's of the world just right, just because of game pace and tempo. Right. Yeah,
0: hundred percent, hundred percent. No, yeah, so that's your Stanford Cardinal plus eighteen. Cool. Now, now I see you have Tennessee plus three. Right. What's your thought process on that. So
1: my thought process on that is that um, over the last two weeks, specifically last week and week one, we saw how much of an impact the home crowds had in these big games. And I think that the Tennessee home crowd will be behind Pittsburgh, or behind them against Pittsburgh. And I love getting points on a home team. Anytime, and I think it's gonna be a tight matchup down to the wire, but Tennessee plus three, I like a lot. I think it could be a a field goal game. Okay, Tennessee plus three. Yep. Uh, Pat
0: Narduce, right? We look at Corp Gurness. He's a great strategist, great coach. Now, Pat uh, Max Brown, who was the number one quarterback, rated out of high school, went to USC, then played for Pat narducci highly encourage people to go on YouTube or listen to that podcast we did with Max Brown. Mm-hmm. Uh, great podcast, really about life, about never seeking anyone's approval and do your own thinking because people's thinking is really whacked out there they're saying he's a bust when he gets more than $250,000 worth of free education, a free scholarship, right? Yep. he plays for a division when I would give an arm, right. To be a division one player. He threw for 400 yards in a game. Come on. That's an extraordinary success to call him a bust. is absolutely ridiculous, but he talked about Pat Narducey being a great coach. Uh, Again, you got to look at your biases. Coach Hypo coach for, you can't finish university, my rival. So I have a bias against Josh Heupel. Fair. I hope he loses. <laughs> uh-huh. So uh, I'm gonna take Dylan's advice and go ten- Tennessee plus three in Neyland Stadium, right? Yep. Hostile crowd, hundred four thousand people. They know their football. They know that there might not be many wins this season. So this is, you know, a big time. Uh, this will be one.
1: Not to mention, we also did see last week how ACC teams kind of struggled in these in um, these sort of games, and Pittsburgh, obviously, being an ACC team, we could see that pattern sort of right. itself here.
0: Yeah, pattern recognition, math, because half of it is, you know, knowing what is, who are the better teams, who has better yep. talent, who's going to win strategy. 50% of success in sports betting is doing math. Right. And they teach math the wrong way, a lot of it is pattern recognition. Not yeah. the end-all, be-all, but it's definitely a tool in your toolbox.
1: Yeah, so Tennessee like ten, t- Tennessee is a much different SEC school than, like, Alabama and Georgia are, but Miami didn't even – they weren't even competitive in, with that spread even, and neither was – and Clemson couldn't even muster a touchdown in right. Georgia. So, now okay, I'm going to keep riding the SEC here.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that was a disappointing game. That I yeah. got wrong, and another process we use and that I even have a podcast dedicated to it. because is so important. It's the Hawthorne effect. This is from you know my business consultant, business concierge. Whatever you track and measure, you improve its performance by ten to twenty percent. Mm-hmm. So doing the Hawthorne effect on me, I thought that uh, DeAndre King was going to run the ball. The running quarterbacks or Johnny Manziel, people like that. Give the Bill Belichick, uh, Nick Satan, um, Pete Carroll defenses. They won a ton of Super Bowls in national championships, so you can't argue with them. But those those defenses do not account for the quarterback. That's why Carroll likes a running quarterback. You make three first downs with your legs, right? This is the history of football, you win 70% of the time. What I feared was what we saw last night. And we saw with Lamar Jackson, uh, African-American quarterbacks trying to prove they can throw it from the pocket and not take off and run. That's what happened. John, same thing happened with Dak. And all three times, same thing happened. They had trouble reading defenses, and they gave up a key interception. Mm -hmm. Dak threw it over the middle, intercepted, Tampa up, ends up winning the game. Yeah, that was a great game last night. Yes. All right. So I digress. So a game I like a lot, corporate governance. I like Sam Pittman, the head coach, of all of your Arkansas Razorbacks against Steve Sarkisian, who's not known for his coaching. Texas talent level hasn't been up there lately. Yeah. And Arkansas has NFL guys on both sides of the wall. Now Sam Pittman, great developmental coach. He's been the way he got his job, $4 million a year job, is being a great offensive line coach, controlling the ball. And again, similar to East Carolina, similar to Stanford, Arkansas, this is a big recruiting game for them at home in front of the the donors who give $100 million to the university. They're up there in the suites, they're watching, right? So this yep. is a game that Sam Pittman and his great coordinators, he's asked, you know, you get $3 million for budget for assistance. So $3 million worth of assistance, focusing in on what Texas is doing for first, first year starting quarterback for Texas. They have a lot of talent, but I really like right now is Arkansas plus seven and a half, get them an eight. Um, I love that. What do you think about it? Top, thought process doing
1: i love that and i also i love that kind of spread anything right. when you get it above the touchdown there you're right. that, that's a great line to get it at. if you can get it at eight even better but i definitely like i like that pick a lot right and what are the key numbers Dylan? uh three and a, like three and a half seven, seven and a half, fourteen. 14 i don't know if you i don't know if you include 10 in that too 10 and a yeah.
0: Half. yeah yeah yeah
1: you get to see it a lot yep definitely yeah, and even up to 24, 25. Right, when you get to bigger college spreads, yeah. NFL, yeah. you typically don't really see that kind of no, thing. No, Even though it
0: was, it's, it's been different, there's a lot of been merging between the NFL, college, hmm. like you see now the air rain, Yeah, yep. And you've seeing a lot of similarities. So you had, you know, like Jacksonville was against New England. It was like plus 22 a couple of years ago or, you are you know, last year. so. That's the size you see them. But I think things will change mm-hmm. as the NFL starts using that business process that the NBA is doing of tanking, right? Right. Yep. Houston tankers are tanking. Yeah, the Texans but, are going to be very bad. <laughs> be- right. So because we're authentic, uh, we give you information you don't get anywhere else. So we're like anti-Kellion Conway in a way. There's no PR spin that you hear or you get gaslighted in major media. You get really good raw business, relational information. For sure. Now, you got Purdue minus 33.5. I do. And let me know your thought process on that game.
1: So, it's kind of funny. Obviously, I'm from Connecticut. My brother actually just started as a freshman at UConn. So, I got a lot of stuff pulling me towards UConn there. Right. UConn football is a total mess right now. Um, their head coach was just fired earlier this week when the, um, the new guys just stepped in on the assistants. He already named the new starting quarterback. The kid's going to be starting his first game. Um, they just, they just lost by 10 to Holy cross right. um, on their home field. I really don't see how they can keep this within 30 of Purdue. I, I think this is, it's going to be a really, really rough year for UConn and um, I I really just – I can't see – after watching the Holy Cross game, there's really no way in my head that they can even keep it within four scores against Purdue. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I go both ways because
0: uh, Lou Spados, who's now the interim head coach, he was the um, defensive coordinator for UCLA. And he did a great job doing less with more with that UCLA defense. He's a mm-hmm. great coach, great strategist. When there's coaching changes, yep. there's always that team usually covers because you start rallying the troops. The yeah, the guy who got as the interim coach has been conspiring against coach, the head coach to get him fired. So he has an idea, plan of playing on what he wants to do. Yeah. It seems like he did because he switched uh quarterbacks.
1: Right. It just it, to me, it seems like it's a circus over there right now, right. kind of the First, the um, um, head coach, uh, Edsel, he said that he was going to retire at the end of the season. Then, like, the next day, he was out. So, I, I don't know. It, I feel like U- UConn's a mess. You want to go against them. And uh, yeah. I, I, I like Purdue on that spread. And a tip I got from my wife, a psychotherapist, that I've been noticing,
0: that I've been using in sports betting. We talked about it a lot in the Pro Podcast last year with Jamin Winston, is impulse control issues. Mm-hmm. uh Etzel has a temper so I could just see him getting in fights with the ad and it kind of yeah. blow up so like, leave it, leave now right uh, so the the what leads me to agree with you with Purdue is uh coach braun coach Brown makes seven million dollars a year as the head coach of Purdue mm-hmm. and they haven't won a big Ten championship in football and God knows how long. all right. Uh, but he's making seven million dollars a year. I say that because there's a lot of money out there. <laughs>
1: so yeah.
0: charge a lot, Dylan. Once you graduate, charge <laughs> a lot. <laughs> you go home and tell both your parents to tell their bosses to charge to uh, pay them triple. Right, it's a hundred trillion dollar economy. I say that because that yeah. man making seven million. So he's an offensive of guy. What happens is offensive of guys have like 2,000 plays in there. And there's only 60 to 90 plays in a game. There's only so many plays he can use in a season. So he's going to be throwing fresh plays at UConn the whole time. His mind works. That's what he does. Uh, And he has a set plays written down that he's not going to use again the whole year. So he's going to go through his whole play sheet. Because yeah, he can, right.
1: because you can, be against UConn, like, right, yeah. The other thing
0: is, some coaches take it easy on the other guy. They have a big lead. They put the ball in the middle of the field because yep. he doesn't want to embarrass his friends. But that's the type of level of research you have to do, right? First rule of betting, uh, never bet your own team. Second rule of betting, always do your research. Never bet any game blindly. But we don't know the type of relationship between Luce Banos and uh, Jeff Fromm. Yeah. But we can probably wager that they're not friends. And even if they are friends, the talent disparity so far is at 33.5. They they might be able to cover. And the first quarterback might not be able to score, right? That's a very anemic. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Against a Big Ten defense, I just don't really see how that's going to work.
0: Right. So, one thing that I'm going to lean on, on Dylan, I know Dylan likes college basketball, too. Yep. But this fact has made a lot of money for me in college basketball. So, I'm on college football, especially last NCAA tournament where Oregon State. I went on um, that run. Far, yeah. And I covered 13 in a row Oregon State. Yep. And if you're following me on <laughs> I think you were following me on Twitter. Right? I was giving you those Oregon State picks all day, every day, <laughs> Dylan. You could have just yeah, gone no on Twitter man. and
1: just bet them. They were automatic for like all of March, basically. They sure were. Yeah. So you got Oregon plus
0: 15 at Ohio State. So what I'm saying is an East Coast bias. Uh, Oregon was the Pac-12 champion last year. Yep. They've had... Close last three years they have 10 offensive linemen in the let me know your thoughts on this right i'm going to make an, an Oregon argument and i want to know your counter free to disagree with me yep uh 10 offensive linemen go to the nfl because martin now i have a bias right yeah uh, i come from a cuban background so i like cuban head coaches Basketball coach at Frank Martin at South Carolina, a right? Cuban guy. Mario Cristobal uh, played college football in Miami with The Rock, won a national championship. He coached with Nick Satan at Alabama, won four national titles as his offensive of line coach. Uh, in football, he had great guys who were great X's and O's guys and great recruiters. Mm-hmm. If you're going to work for Nick Satan, you got to be both good at both. So he's a good X's and O's guy, and yeah. he's a very, very good recruiter. So he recruits that offensive line. So even though they're young, they're very talented. Uh, the defense alignment, if he's going to play, is going to be in top five in, in the draft, number five for Oregon. Wow. Yep. Then you look at corporate governance. Uh, Joe Moorhead. Joe Moorhead. The only the big the only time Penn State won the Big Ten national champion uh, Big Ten title was with Joel Moreland as the offensive coordinator. He's now the offensive coordinator for the Oregon Ducks. He's a Northeastern guy. Mm-hmm. Used to be the head coach at uh, Fordham. Fordham's had a lot of good people come out of that, um, yep. and goes to Penn State. He goes down south. And he's from the Northeast and I see him in a press conference trying to do like a southern accent. I'm like, oh my, my, god, god. my god, this is not gonna work out. This guy's trying too hard to fit in. Just be yep. yourself. Come on. They've ton of Northeast people go to, to uh Mississippi. So <laughs> he gets fired. Now he's making a nice uh two million dollars a year because now it's really it's one of the best business books. I'll put it in the episode notes of link that I've ever read. It's uh, Shoe Dog by Phil Knight. He's very, very honest. Very, it's almost like a, a confessional. Mm-hmm. Uh, very raw, honest business book, right? Really the theme of the podcast. Yeah. So you can pay these assistants a lot of money. Uh, defensive coordinator is good for Oregon. They did not show a lot against Fresno State. So they played basic football. Fresno State has some players.
1: Yeah, definitely. Fresno State was in that game.
0: Right, So, I love Ohio State. Coach Wilson, again, yep. they have a lot of money to pay for assistant coach. Office coordinator, Ohio State Coach Wilson, very, very smart. Half-time adjustment, boom, people were wide open. Yep. Second half against Minnesota, but literally doing the Big Ten preview podcast, I looked up on Ovada uh, and it was Minnesota plus 18. Took him right then. Right then and there. Yep. The line actually went down to uh, 14, but if you got it off the key number, you catch that 14 and a half. Right. Now they play Oregon at home, plus 15. I like Oregon, plus 15. I think even if they're getting blown out, they
1: might score some points late. Yep. Which I way? I'm not I'm staying away from this game. I'm not betting it. However... If I was, I do agree with the Oregon side in this one. I think this could be a one-score game. Um, I don't think Ohio State was really overly impressive against Minnesota, to be quite honest. And it had Minnesota's running back not gotten hurt, they definitely don't win by 14. They might not even win that game. That guy, Ibrahim, uh, or he was right. He was really. I mean, he was controlling that game. I. I would like to think Oregon's going to put up points. I think they're going to be able to stay with them, and I think it'll go down to the wire. You could see it being, like, within a 10-point game.
0: 100% agree. Yeah. Okay. 100% agree. Now, I'm going to use the business financial concept. Now, to take my series seven test. I always keep my book here, because uh, managing people's money, FINRA can come here and raid me at any time. Yeah. I have the book that I took for Series Seven. When you take the test, I'll send you this book. Awesome. <laughs> twelve hundred dollars. Holy hell! Yeah. So I'll save you. Uh, tough test. Only forty uh, percent pass for the Series Seven. I have that book. Wow. So I'll make sure you pass. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and you save. You just save twelve hundred dollars. Twelve hundred dollars on, on that there we book. Go. <laughs> okay plus uh, all the betting money you make. But straight out of the book, right? And I think it might bother you too because the definition of arbitrage is sports betting is completely wrong. But it says in that book that arbitrage is the buying of similar securities, right? Mm-hmm. To take advantage of a market inefficiency, Okay, A lot of people are doing Bitcoin arbitrage. I'm doing it. By the fact that I'm not following what they say in sports betting, oh, just bet five games. I bet at least 10 games to take advantage of market inefficiencies. In this case, is East Coast bias in lines. So I think that's an East Coast bias line because going yep. down the roster of the two teams, there's just as many five stars, just as many NFL draft picks on Oregon, there are on Ohio State. But it doesn't stop there. You have Washington that I just thought of to add. Washington at Michigan. And that's an inflated line. And um, we look at return to the mean, which uh, the guy at, um, at Jeopardy that did well, the all-time champion at Jeopardy. He's uh, He says he's a professional sports better. <laughs> what he uses is return to the mean. So there's a lot of concepts the people just use that yeah. to consistently be over 52.5%. He says that he pays for his whole life and three kids with that. Just return to the main. So for us would be the classic case is Washington, right? Washington loses to Montana. Uh, they're not as bad as, you know, a team that loses to uh, FCS team like Montana. Montana isn't a bad School. So you look at marginal utility, uh, the top FCS teams, there's not a big difference between them and Power 5 school. The difference is depth. So in a first-game situation, Hall of Fame coach thinking about you all summer, your first team plays well, you have a good strategy, you have a chance, right? Mm -hmm. Washington's looking ahead to the next week. Uh, They're playing Harbaugh michigan and michigan they haven't been world beaters uh they lose their the top receiver right so that line is uh plus seven well i got up to seven yeah so i'll go washington plus seven and i think you know i'm gonna buy the number right salesmen think short term business men and women think long term so i'll buy a point to get it off a of key number because mm-hmm. I bet so many games for so many years. Higher level thinking is long-term thinking, right? Yep. So marketing inefficiencies with eco's bias. I'm going Oregon plus 15, Washington plus eight, and then Cal at TCU plus 12. I love That's it. What I want to do. I want to get two out of the three.
1: Two out That's of the three, I'm
0: happy that's what 66% you're profitable for exact profit yep. right companies don't do this thing profit but us in our small firms we always need
1: for a profit we yep. always need free cash flow that that's profit it. what are your thoughts dylan I love it. Yeah. I, it's some, the East coast bias thing isn't something that I've given too much thought to be honest with you, probably because right, I'm on the East coast. <laughs> exactly. No, it makes perfect sense. And um, I think you'll, I think you'll get two out of those three. I do. I have similar thinking when I put in like, um, like an odd number of bets like that, you just got to get that one, one over it to stay positive, you know?
0: Right. Exactly. So, Yeah. And, and it gives a good flow. And then the mental health, they're having fun watching the game. One game that's blows it. or something crazy happens, you are laughing. Yeah. You're not, you're not upset because you messed up a parlay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that so that's the three games. Now you got Georgia. Yep. And um, JT Daniels. We like JT Daniels because right here where I am in uh, Orange County, you got yep. a Trinity League. And you got JT Daniels, modern day, Bryce Hunter, modern day um uh, quarterback at clemson and mackerel from Re- rancho cucamonga so you got a lot of guys from this area getting millions of dollars in nil deal yeah but we're kind of nil deal for you john yeah.
1: <laughs> please, please. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. what are
0: your thought process on those georgia bulldogs
1: so, yeah so i got georgia at minus 24 and a half um we saw last week how dominant Georgia's defense was against Clemson. I mean, they gave up a field goal. That was it, the whole game. And, I mean, now they're going against AUB. They should not let them score, period. And
0: right. now
1: here's a, it's a good spot for JT Daniels and the rest of the offense here to put together strong offensive drives, kind of get in their rhythm, headed it into the rest of the season. Because although they, they Georgia won the game, they didn't score an offensive touchdown <laughs> The only right. touchdown in that game was a defensive score. So the Georgia offense still has a lot to prove. Um, they'll be in front of the home crowd. They're going to want to put on it. They're put on a show. They're going to want to pile it on. I think that they'll definitely. I think they'll cover the spread. And I think this is a game. Don't overthink. That Georgia's jo- Georgia's are going to be a powerhouse all season. And I think you, you got to ride Georgia on this one. Right. Um, the only
0: hesitation I have. Yep. Is, uh, the coach at UAV is a great coach. He knows how to do more with less. He resuscitated the program. Um, there was some really nefarious uh, back dealing to shut down his program.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And Crazy Bear Bryant's son. I mean, that's how I got Crazy Bear Bryant's son there in Birmingham. Uh, and they're really good. So, how close can they keep it? Mm-hmm. Uh, let me look at UAB's roster. They return eight on offense, nine on defense. Can they control the game with their offensive line? Uh, it's hard because that defensive line for uh, Georgia looked really, really good. Yep. So about Georgia Clark. has some dudes on their defense for sure. Right. So they're probably wearing them down. And A lot of future think- draft picks. Right? And the Georgia donors who paid a lot of money to the university were upset. So I see mm-hmm. Jeff Monken, his brother, is the head coach of Army. Monken, great offensive mind, used to be head coach at uh, Southern Miss. Mm-hmm. And with Tampa Bay, with Tampa Bay putting big numbers, with Jameis Winston, the Jameis Winston throwing all those interceptions. But Jeff Monken is a great offensive coordinator. Uh, I think Kirby Smart is going to let him keep scoring late to make uh, those alumni that are grumbling and upset over that really boring scrimmage against Clemson. No, oh, I know. Where, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> tor- so they're going to score some points late, literally for that reason. Right. Yep. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll agree with that. I'll, I'll say Georgia, uh, I would buy that half number just to get off that key number 24 because uh, UAB is going to fight. So I could see, like, uh, you know, 48 10, 41 10. Yep. Like a stupid touchdown scored at the end.
1: Definitely.
0: All right. So, uh, last game I got, now this game, I have to look at my biases, right? Yep. You got the quarterback at Arizona, at Oregon State. Um, Chance Nolan is a brother of Chad Nolan, who we have in the NFL podcast. So we're rooting for Chance. So I got to make the determination whether I'm overestimating my decision because I am cheering for Chance Nolan, starting quarterback. Mm -hmm. Uh, The reason I say no is because I've watched these teams for years, Uh, Jonathan Smith for years, uh, Todd Grantham at Hawaii for years, and one of my pet peeves is, don't bet a team you haven't watched the play. So, Oregon State, I watched them play against Purdue. Um, I also watched Hawaii play against UCLA. You kind of know the way Hawaii, Hawaii needs to build a program. Uh, they have zero defense at all. And Oregon State, Feels they should have won last week. They could have set that play at the end. But that guy was wide open. That's Coach Brown for you. That's why he makes a million dollars a year. Getting his yeah, yeah. wide receivers wide open. Uh, he's going to let his offense flow. Now, again, following Oregon State. Uh, before I even met Chad, I was following uh, Oregon State really close, and I was disappointed with their defense last year. Well, they had younger guys. So, again, programs like a UAB, right, have a big opportunity with roster management, getting guys on the fifth. I mean, BYU has guys on their seventh year of football.
1: That's That's crazy.
0: Yeah. Uh, so you have guys on that Oregon State defense who are six-year seniors, fifth-year seniors. Uh, this is it for them. Uh, I see them putting up a little bit of a fight with Hawaii. Hawaii's offense. What's the spread on that game? Ten. Okay. So, a mad Oregon State team. There you go. Zero defense on Hawaii. And Oregon State's defense, they return nine guys on defense. I like it. Yeah, so the, the biggest improvement between teams is first and second game. And then the travel with Hawaii, it's not good. And yeah, UCLA, sort of, you can understand how many points they gave up. Uh, They played a really bad school last week, and they still hung 40 on the Hawaii defense. So Oregon State should score a lot of points. So I'm going to go Oregon State minus 10, over 64. There you go. I like it. Right? The other one, the last one I got, and then we'll get final word from you, and maybe some fun teasers and parlays we got going. Yeah. Uh, Air Force and Navy. There's been studying. There's a they go for the uh, military services trophy. They've been studying each other all summer. Both running teams. Uh, both run the triple option. That screams under all day, but you don't be blind blindly. Look at the number, and the number is forty. So I definitely see a 2013 game. Way under those 40 points or 2713, still under yeah, close, at, right yep. at 40. So, I would say I'll buy that one number to make it 41 because that kind of suggests me you're right? on uh 2713, just right on there. Yeah, that's
1: right. <laughs> you yeah, that's you some late, that crazy
0: off. field goal. <laughs> so I'm gonna go Air Force, Navy, triple option under. And I already hit the under using that strategy this year with Army. Cool, yeah. A lot of those military academy games, they go. go, Yeah, Coach Monken, Monken, whose brother is the offensive coordinator Mm -hmm. for your Georgia Bulldogs. All right. So what's left on the board that you got for us? Yeah, so
1: just to wrap – I can wrap it up here with my uh, – I have one two-team teaser – and then I have a parlay. And so I can run through it quick here. For um, my teaser, I teased Iowa up to plus 10 and a half, got it above that number, that key number. And I have Wisconsin sitting at minus 20. Um, for Iowa, I think Iowa's defense was so impressive last, last week. I bet them last week um, against Indiana, they blew them out. They had one of the more impressive week one victories in the country. I think that line at four and a half is actually disrespectful. So I like it there. I like it even better at the 10. And then I like pairing them with Wisconsin. They're coming off a tough loss against Penn State, but they have a chance to um, get right back in the win column at home in front of the home fans against Eastern Michigan. And I think they'll be able to pile it on and blow them out by at least 21 points for the teaser. And then um, when I parlay, I'm parlaying – Florida against USF, your, your school, My school. <laughs> um, minus 28 and a half. a half. I'm hitting uh, Rutgers minus two, and Miami minus nine. Um, I got some trends here for the Rutgers and Miami. Um, R- Miami is taking on Appalachian State. Appalachian State is 0-5 against the spread on their last five games in the road. Now, these trends don't always necessarily translate, as we know. But it's interesting pattern to follow, and with Rutgers too. Rutgers last week also had an extremely impressive victory. It was Temple, but I mean they obliterated them up and down the field the whole game. They have a good defense, strong running game, and they're five and zero against the spread on their last five on the road. Four and two against the spread in their last six games total. Like both those teams a lot there, and then Florida against USF. USF just lost to NC State by 45 points. I'm going to try and use simple logic there. I think Florida will take them past that. So, All right. So
0: since I follow USF football, (laughs) and I can say we, because I get $10,000 a year to the university. I'm the the alumni head of the South Florida, Southern California chapter. We got like 10,000 people that graduated from USF. I'll give the USF counter, but you have to take it with a grain of salt because it's very, very biased. and You right. never bet your own team. But with that being said, uh, that North Carolina State, we had Kate uh, – I'm calling him Kate, right? Fortin, he used to be the starting quarterback at North Carolina.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now we know why he's the ex-quarterback in North Carolina. <laughs> He missed a lot of wide-open right receivers. So when you look at the talent level, it wasn't that different. Um, Our defense stopped the run. The problem was that Fortin uh, was in over the skis, and he wasn't uh, mentally prepared to play. Sure. Uh, Now we're playing the Gators, uh, sold-out stadium. Yep when you play a guy in high school, right? You have a familiarity that even though the talent devil was different you're not afraid of them because you saw him. my case was a guy that I think I got to look it up, but I think you're coach Anderson at St. John's recruited yep. this guy to Arkansas for the 40 minutes of hell that I, I, you got access to their practices. I'm going to ask you about coach Anderson's practices because it might be crazy. The guy's name was Bill Teal you I think I ended up playing in the um in the NBA and I guarded him in high school holy and I had zero scholarships on five seven he's six four right yeah but by the time we're seniors uh played against the eighth grade all through that time senior. I wasn't afraid of him no I know what you mean I know what <laughs> you Yeah, you know, I, I was yeah. able because I knew his moves too uh, I wasn't afraid of that guy. Yeah. So I can't. So these guys play each other in high school. Uh, Florida has, again, has to keep a lot of plays in their back pocket. Yep. Sure. We're bigger fish for fry in the SEC and conspiracy theories, right? You can say them left and right. Uh, but what I love about this is it's about results. Yep. We're 100% transparent. All these picks, we'll put them on Twitter, and we're tracking. I bet 100%. every single one of them, right? Yep. So conspiracy theories that, that I noticed, that I bet on, maybe it's luck, but I've been able to monetize them a lot. This week, USF unveiled that they have the $30 million for the indoor facility. And they have another huge $150 million donation for a new campus stadium
1: mm-hmm.
0: during Florida week. Did Jeff Scott, former offensive coordinator at Clemson, you know, recruited Lawrence, recruited Deshaun Watson. Yeah. Uh, did he play vanilla football against North Carolina State, get things in his back pocket, first game on the road, and kept the best plays, the best thing South Florida does to play the Gators and have some recruits on the sidelines to say, hey, why go to Florida when you can come to the University of South Florida, right? Yeah. And play right away. Right,
1: so, and then there's definitely truth to that, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, and Charlie Weiss, uh, Jr., so offensive coordinator, I like the his play calls. Uh, coach Scott has yet to, uh, there were one, like one in ten last year. But what he was saying was um, things that I'm privy to, probably can't discuss in alumni meetings, but what the way he said it was last year, um, it wasn't like this year, where we were last year we we're setting the table. 2021, it's less go eat. Now, with apologies to Coach Scott, I love him to death. But it seems like he tanked last year to set up this year. So, why not tank the North Carolina State game to be competitive against in state rival Gators and get a recruiting game? So, there you go. I can't bet it because I'm overestimating, right? Yeah. I <laughs> <But we laughs> can't biased. bet St. John's basketball. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> All right. So, that's the one uh, Coach Fiano I like a lot. Yeah uh definitely great coach maniac uh married to the game of football um and Rutgers is his place right so <laughs> six seven guys
1: yeah he's yeah. definitely building something there right, right and now. they have him yeah. back
0: there knows you know to recruit New Jersey New Jersey's top five uh state for recruits right it's uh California Florida Tide Texas Louisiana Ohio and New Jersey is a great state for recruits. Uh, Records were really good last year, and Chiano knows what he's doing, very detail-oriented, mm-hmm. uh, Belichick-type guy. So I can see that, except that the coach of Syracuse is also very good. And he knows how to do more with less uh, from the Baylor days. That's one thing he's escaped, right? They were raping right. girls at Baylor. <laughs> he was on a staff. He gets out of there. Dino, Dino Babers. Uh, he's not there at Syracuse. And he's really the office coordinator there because the office coordinator has Darren Gilbert. He was the office coordinator at South Florida, and he's as dumb as a boxer rocks. I don't even know <laughs> how he's on a coaching staff. He must <laughs> be really good at recruiting. Uh, and then the Third leg is Miami, Appalachian State. Again, I have to stay away from Miami because Manny Diaz, queuing guy. But Manny Diaz has not proven. Manny Diaz dad was the mayor of Miami, corrupt mafioso mayor of Miami. Uh, so he's had it easy his whole life. Yeah. He always gets that coached. And man, Appalachian State who beat North uh East Carolina, right? They, they did the yep. They do a great job of developing players, our kind of guys, they know guys to target in high school. It kind of fits their system. Mm-hmm. And they really played well against East Carolina as the game went on. So I'm in the in DeAndre King, too. Um, the other thing that scares me about that is that. Uh, the Brett Lashley he's the offensive coordinator in Miami he was the offensive coordinator at Auburn with Gus Malzahn uh, they won a national championship with um, with Gene Ziz- uh, Shizik was the coach and the guy who just got cut from the Patriots was the quarterback Cam Newton, yep. Cam Newton right he stole laptops. The, the notorious Florida team with two serial killers, right? Yep. Yeah. He had uh, what's this say stealing laptops. Cam Newton stealing laptops. Erin Meyer, uh, that offense is really simple. And DeAndre King again, if he doesn't run, and he's trying to prove a point to get in the pros that he can read defenses. Yep. Appalachian State, a team. Uh, that has to win with strategy and disguising defenses. Not shocked if Appalachia State wins that game. Actually, a lot closer in nine points. All right. All right. So that's my teaser. And, man, this is great information. This is the best sports betting podcast of all time because we give you information on three levels, right? Your impulse, where you can make money right away, kind of a mid-level. And then long-term level where you're learning business and financial concepts. Last word, Dylan, what's your
1: thoughts? Thoughts is I can't wait to watch these games tomorrow. <laughs> and um, but thank you so much for having me on here. I hope you'll have me back. This was oh yeah I no, every
0: week, man. I'm, I'm going to make you come every week, man. Share awesome, knowledge yeah. and Make sure
1: you make money and we sure you build your bankroll. Oh yeah. I don't have a lot of experience with the podcasting thing, but um, I definitely, yeah, I'm into yeah, this and um, I love being like you were saying, I love being transparent with my picks um, right. and I think that's important. What, we, what we're doing here on the podcast, I'll also always be tweeting them. I normally, if I have the time, we'll get an article out with my college picks and NFL picks. And um, well, um, I guess the last word to the listeners is to always manage your risk. That's my big thing here. And that's why on the parlay that I'm even putting in going with half a unit on it, not, I'm not betting big on the parlay, go small to win big on it right. but you don't want to mess around too much with that because there's a lot of risk involved right uh the way you ensure a result
0: is variance eliminating variance and covariance right yep. so I, I never parlay unless i get a text from a buddy yeah. We're thinking about something but i know it's entertainment it's not a business decision correct right and in society for the last three thousand years there's been a form of organized government sanctioned wagering mm-hmm. and the beauty of sports betting better than any other form of w- wager is social that it's collaborative capitalism is all about collaboration and the sharing of ideas and sharing information the benefit us because we're competing against the casino we're right. competing against other bettors right yeah so It ends up being a lot of fun, but profitable at the same time. Highest and best use of time. In that vein, I always close the podcast, which what I've learned now that I'm getting old, right? It's always better. You always make 10 times more money by giving. Winston Churchill said, you make a living from what your labor, what you do every day for money. But you make a life from what you give. That's why we give every pick away for free. Post it on Twitter. Uh, dylan and i's twitter feed is currency thank yep. you for listening to the sbc podcast all
1: right we good I'm the best